Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Four Verticals Podcast. I am your host, Maurice Phipps, and this episode is being recorded on May 5th, 2021. Um, what I will say is this is, as of now, the final episode for this season of the Four Verticals Podcast. Unless I find somewhere to record, um, I, uh, I have officially moved out of my dorm. Everything is in my car. I'm actually recording this right before hitting the road. So uh, unless things change, this will be the final episode of this season of the Four Verticals podcast. Um, next season will start up uh, next sem- next semester when that starts up, the fall semester. Excuse me. So I would just... So I would just like to extend... Uh, a very big thank you to everybody that has uh, watched an episode, listened to an episode, supported me uh, thus far. I do apologize for um, the pause in episodes that will more than likely happen. But again, this is out of my control. Um, but without further ado, let's make this send off episode a very, very special one. We have so much news to get into, including the NFL draft, which we're going to start right with so the nfl draft was about a little less than a week ago up until this point and i was pleasantly surprised at some of the picks that actually happened Uh, if i can actually pull up some of these picks um give me one second as expected trevor lawrence went number one you know I don't think anybody would have debated that Trevor Lawrence didn't deserve to get num- the the number one seed, uh, not the number one seed, the number one pick in the draft, especially after his illustrious career in the in the the orange and the orange and purple with Clemson. He's been absolutely phenomenal for that organization, uh, a, a winner, absolutely a winner, um, a very standout guy. Very, very natural athlete, and I, I definitely think that he was uh, a very good um, addition to that Jaguars roster who needs, desperately needs, a uh, starting franchise quarterback. At number two, Zach Wilson went to the Jets. Um, I am a little bit hesitant to pick any to for this pick. Um, I do believe Zach Wilson is a phenomenal talent, but I don't see any quarterback in this draft being better than Justin Fields, than Trevor Lawrence. So me personally, I would have picked Justin Fields to go number two overall. Um, but congratulations to Zach Wilson for you know being drafted into this Jets organization. And number three, which was a little bit surprising to me, uh, the San Francisco 49ers picked Trey Lance um, as their quarterback of the future, when, as one may say. I definitely think that this pick at, of any should have gone to uh, Trey Lance, not not Trey Lance, uh, Justin Fields. Uh, I don't I don't necessarily understand how Trey Lance has been graded above Justin Fields in the eyes of the 49ers, but you know, they're getting a special talent with Trey Lance. Trey Lance can scramble. He he has phenomenal arm talent. He's he's accurate with the ball, and there's they picked him for a reason. So, congratulations to Trey Lance. When we're going on from number four and on, this this draft starts to get a little, a little different from you know what the, what the, uh, what the draft boards have said. Uh, at number four, 
the Atlanta Falcons took Kyle Pitts. Um, as for what this means, I think that this means that Julio is going to be traded soon. Uh, it's only a matter of time. That's in my opinion, though. Kyle Pitts is an absolute stud talent. You know, some people projecting this man to be uh, a generational talent, once in a generation, as with uh, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. But the hype around Kyle Pitts is absolutely uh, at a fever pitch. I believe he is the highest drafted tight end of all time. Actually, I'm going to look that up so that I am not completely wrong. Highest drafted tight end in NFL history. Uh, yes, uh, Kyle Pitts is the highest drafted tight end in NFL history with the fourth pick. So, you know, you have to take that into consideration as to this 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 Atlanta Falcons offense has been absolutely phenomenal for seasons past, and they're adding a, a tight end like Kyle Pitts. You know, what does that say for um, what's going to happen with the future of this organization? Because Julio is uh, starting to get uh, a little older. He's very still very productive, but, you know, he is getting older, and so maybe they drafted Kyle Pitts to sort of supplement what the, the loss – for Julio Jones will be. Uh, who knows? Maybe they might keep Julio Jones and just have an extremely explosive offense as usual. Um, but only time will tell. Uh, at number five, here's my second uh, pick that I think was the wrong pick to make. Uh, my first pick would have been, or no, this is my third pick. My first pick would have been the Zach Wilson over Justin Fields. My second pick would have been uh, Trey Lance over Justin Fields. And then this pick is a real head scratcher. Uh, Jamar Chase to the Bengals to reunite with his former quarterback, Joe Burrow. I understand that chemistry goes a long way in the NFL, and in sports period, but your presumably franchise quarterback just came off and he's coming off at ACL tear. You need to get him an offensive lineman. You need to get him some sort of protection up there or else it's going to happen again. We don't want a similar situation to play out as Andrew Luck. We all know how Andrew Luck's story ended in Indianapolis. You know, they got him an O-line, and it was too late. The damage was already done. He'd already been hit too many times, and he was forced to retire. Um, as for Jamar Chase, Outstanding talent. I definitely think that he's going to make an impact as soon as he hits the, the field. Um, but, you know, we shall see. Uh, because only time will tell if Joe Burrow's ever going to get to throw a pass to Jamar Chase or if he's going to be immediately sacked again. Um, where did my draft go? Okay, all right. Uh, at number six pick, the Dolphins picked Jalen Waddle. A little bit surprising that Devontae Smith didn't go off the board before him, but uh, definitely think that Miami is going to get uh, a pretty pretty good pick at um, with with Jalen Waddle. Um, Jalen Waddle, absolute stud coming out of Alabama. You know, this last season he was hurt, so we didn't get to see his 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 full the full extent of what he can do. But you know, we we saw from seasons past that Jalen Waddle is an absolute threat with uh, the ball. So moving on to number seven, the Detroit Lions selected Penne Sewell. Um, definitely didn't think that Penne was going to drop this far, especially seeing as the Bengals and the Dolphins were here. 
Um, but he did. Good pick by the Lions. Very, very solid pick by the Lions. At number eight, um, I definitely thought that Justin Fields was going to go to the Panthers at number eight. Instead, they decided to go with J.C. Horn to bolster up their defense. Not a bad, uh, not a bad pick. I definitely don't. Uh, I don't think this was a bad pick at all. I think this is going to drastically improve their defense. You know, that's something that they, this Carolina team, does need. This Carolina team needs an identity, and I think that they can start building one with their uh, with their defense, their young defense. On to the number nine pick, uh, Patrick Sertan, the second, was selected to go to the Denver Broncos. Um, again, this this team is very defensive-minded, one of the most well-rounded teams in the league besides the quarterback position. So this Broncos team is only going to get stronger. And we're going to talk about the Broncos uh, a little bit later. But this Broncos team, if, if they can get a franchise quarterback, they will be – absolute terrors in uh, the league. At number 10, Devontae Smith went to the Philadelphia Eagles. Again, we see the Eagles trying with a wide receiver in the first round. The last few picks have not been uh, satisfactory. You know, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, as well as I believe they picked up – who did they pick up? Did they pick Denzel Mims? So they picked someone. Uh Forgive me. They picked someone last last draft that I don't necessarily remember who, but regardless, uh, the 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 it, it didn't end up being much of a, a help to their offense. He didn't get very many uh, touches with the ball. Devontae should come in and be pretty good right away. Uh, we can only go off what we've seen from his college tape, and his college tape is absolutely phenomenal. Um, there are questions concerning his weight. Uh, in my opinion, he's going to have to gain a little bit more weight, but you know, nothing that he's not used to. He's used to taking SEC hits, so I'm, I'm pretty sure he can stand up to a few NFL hits as well. Moving on to 11 is where things really got interesting for the draft. Uh, originally, the New York Giants had this pick. Uh, the Chicago Bears traded up, giving away um, their first round pick for this year, a third and a fourth for this year, and I believe another first round pick for next year. So in all counts, uh, they gave up a decent amount, but I don't think that they got robbed by the Giants. Um, they traded up to draft the falling Justin Fields. Uh, Bears fans everywhere were extremely, extremely excited. Uh, I know I was on the phone with one when the, the draft actually happened, and, you know, Bears fans have been waiting for this for a long time. I definitely think this Justin Fields is going to be an absolute stud in the NFL. Uh, he has all of the intangibles. You know, he's tough. He he he's a winner, you know. He 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 never managed to win the national championship, but his teams were always in a position to. Um, outstanding character, outstanding young man. Uh, I definitely think that Justin Fields is going to be what the Chicago Bears need to turn this franchise around, and I think he's going to provide that spark that the offense truly needs, and the defense is going to be better as a result as well because they don't have to stand on the field uh, so much. So. A-plus pick by the Chicago Bears. Great job at identifying the the falling Justin Fields and, and snapping on the opportunity. 
we're gonna go through some of these uh, a little bit faster. At number 12, Micah Parsons goes to the Cowboys. I think this is a pretty solid pick for them. At number 13, Rashawn Slater, offensive tackle from Northwestern, goes to the Chargers. Uh, this is a very, very good pick by the Chargers because this young Chargers, uh, young, this Chargers team has a lot of pieces that still have to develop. But this, when they do develop, this team is going to be extremely scary. Um, they already have what I would say is a, a solid enough defense, uh, especially with Derwin James returning uh, from injury next season. They still have uh, the older Bosa brother. Uh, they recently uh, did not resign Casey Haywards, and that's a big part of their defense that is lost. But still, they, they do have some tremendous talent on that side of the football as well as um, their Offensive Rookie of the Year quarterback in Justin Herbert, who has proven everyone wrong as of this, uh, as of, you know, his rookie season. So this Chargers team is going to be one to watch out for. And as we're going to um, speak more at length to uh, in, a, in just a second, this AFC West is going to be loaded with quarterback talent. Moving on to number 14. The Jets uh, back up their Zach Wilson pick with Elijah Vera Tucker, guard from USC. At number 15, the New England Patriots select Mac Jones, who many people are saying will potentially be Tom Brady 2.0. I hope not for the sake of the league. <laughs> At number 16, Arizona Cardinals select Zayvon Collins. 17, uh, the Raiders select Alex Leatherwood. At 18, the Dolphins go with an edge rusher in Jalen Phillips. At 19, the football team goes with Jamin Davis. At 20, uh, the Jets, no, I'm sorry, the Giants, their pick that they received from Chicago, uh, pick up a receiver in Kadarius Toney. Uh, at 21, the Colts sign Quiddy Pate. 22, the Titans select Caleb Farley, uh, which is definitely something that the, the Titans needed. Their defense has been absolutely horrendous. If they can shore up their defense, this team is going to be an extreme problem because that's their number one weakness as of this far. Uh, at number 23, the Vikings select uh, Christian Derrissaw. At number 24, the Pittsburgh Steelers get their running back in Najee Harris. At number 25, which is probably the worst pick of this uh, first round, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Travis Etienne. Now, nothing against Travis Etienne, but why would you select a running back with your first round pick when you have a 1,000 yard rushing running back on your roster already and you signed another running back in free agency. If someone can make that make sense to me, then that'd be great. Uh, but I don't understand why they did what they did. Uh, at 26, the Cleveland Browns select Greg Newsom the second. At 27, the Baltimore Ravens selected Rashad Bateman at 28. The Saints selected defensive end Peyton Turner at 29 for the, what is this, 20th year in a row or so, something like that. Um, the Green Bay Packers select another defensive player in the first over in the first round, uh, Eric Stokes. At 30, the Bills select Greg Rousseau, edge from Miami. Uh, at 31, the Baltimore Ravens selected Odafe Alway another edge rusher from Penn State. And at the last pick of the first round, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers selected Joe Tryon 
from Washington, another edge rusher. Um, I would go over the other rounds, but again, I'm pressed for time. Uh, a very, very solid draft class, one that I think is going to have an immediate impact in the NFL. And, you know, just congratulations to all of these men who have been uh, officially drafted and all of the men who have been uh, signed, gone undrafted free agents. Uh, big props to them. This is a life-changing moment for them. Uh, if I have any words of encouragement, all of you have come this far to just come this far. So truly lock in and make this uh, your moment. You know, play play as hard as you can. And if you're doing that, then nobody can nobody can tell you that you're doing anything wrong. So play as hard as you can. Don't let don't let anything uh, stop you from you know making this all that you can make it for however long that you can make it. Because not many people last very long in the NFL. So if you want to last as long as possible, you know, gr just keep grinding, keep hustling, keep doing what you're doing. Now, uh, there was a very shocking report that came out hours before the draft started that uh, Aaron Rodgers does, is very upset with the, the Packers organization and does not wish to play for them anymore. Now, after that, trade rumors immediately started swirling. But this, keep in mind, this is before the draft. People were saying that he was going to get drafted to the 49 He was going to get traded to the 49ers. Uh, people were saying to the Denver Broncos. You know, me, me personally, I, I put together, uh, I put together a trade package uh, in the 49ers shoes. Keep in mind, this was before um, the draft. I, I, I put a trade package together that would have gone as follows. So the 49ers give up the third pick. They give up a, a future first and a future third. They give up Nick Bosa. All of that they give up for Aaron Rodgers. Me personally, I don't know who says no to that trade. I don't. Because it's not like if you take away Nick Bosa that this 49ers defense is absolutely garbage. You know, they, they have a solid defense. Maybe uh, – Maybe instead of one of those picks, uh, they could trade Jimmy Garoppolo instead. You know, I, I put together numerous uh, trade possibilities in my head for the 49ers to get uh, Aaron Rodgers. Alas, the draft happened and nothing has happened yet. But the one team that has stuck out in my mind that could, that probably has the best chance at landing Aaron Rodgers is the Denver Broncos. Now, if you think about it, the Denver Broncos have a good receiving core. They have a serviceable linebacker. They have a serviceable running back, excuse me. They have a phenomenal defense. They have, I would say, an, a de decent enough coaching. The one weakness in their roster is the quarterback position. If they somehow can convince the Packers to, to deal away Aaron Rodgers, this is automatically a Super Bowl team. This is automatically a Super Bowl contending team. And that would mean in the AFC West, the quarterback talent is as follows. Would it be Patrick Mahomes? It would be Derek Carr, who's severely underrated, by the way. It would be the reigning offensive rookie of the reigning. You can't defend this. You can't defend offensive rookie of the year because you're not a rookie in your second year. But he would be the, the reigning offensive rookie of the year, Justin Herbert. And then Aaron Rodgers, all in one 
division, which would be extremely scary for everyone else in the division. Because the only the only team with a defense comparable in the AFC West division is the Chargers. And I would say it's a pretty it's a pretty decent step below the Broncos. The Chiefs have an okay defense, but it's well below uh, the Broncos, who's probably, you could argue, have a top five defense in the league. If the Broncos, the Broncos need to potentially give up everything to make this happen because Aaron Rodgers is a winner. We know Aaron Rodgers is a winner. He's won a Super Bowl already. If Aaron Rodgers can go to this Broncos team, if, if they can somehow con convince Green Bay to let Aaron Rodgers go, for whatever the price is, you know, it's it's worth it, in my opinion. This team will go from five and eleven all the way to fourteen and three, more than likely. Remember that there are seventeen games in this uh upcoming season. I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen, but very, very exciting times to be a uh a Bears fan, <laughs> especially with Aaron Rodgers potentially leaving the division. Um just ready to get, just ready to see more football on my screen. Uh, definitely, definitely waiting on that. Enough of football news and moving on to basketball, and then we're going to get up out of here. Um, recent comments by LeBron James have um, sparked an interest in the basketball world as of a whole. Um, his comments were that whoever came in with the playoff game should be fired. Um, Obviously, I don't think he means that literally. I don't think he would call for anyone's job that of, of, over something this uh, this trivial. But it does raise an interesting question because some people were pointing out that LeBron was very supportive of the playing games last season. Um, I think this is a bad point for anyone to make because last season was unlike any other season. Uh, the season was actually canceled, and there was no talks of potentially making this season uh making that season up, that season would have just been unfinished in the record books, you know. And what I will say is that last season, the playing games were absolutely necessary because of when the season split off. There were many teams that were still in the running for uh, to make the playoffs, and unfortunately they weren't able to because, you know, the season got cut short. You know, we never know what would have happened in those two months. So that's why the bubble was instated with the play-in games as, you know, an incentive for some teams. However, this season, uh, me personally, I agree with LeBron in the fact that the play-in games were absolutely unnecessary for this season. Um, if you look at it, this is a 72-game season. The last 72-game season that we've had in the NBA was the lo the, the last lockout-shortened season where Derrick where Derek Rose won MVP. There were no playing games for that season. So for there to be playing games for this season, I don't understand why. I mean, I guess we are kind of still well, – not kind of. We are still dealing with the pandemic at a large. However, you know – with the recent vaccinations of many people and the recent, you know, just I don't necessarily know why the playing games are here. I'm not arguing against them, but I, you can't convince me that there's a legitimate reason that the playing games exist that right now. 
me personally, I don't think that they – I don't think for this season there should be any playing games because there are 72 games in this season. The last 72-game season was – it was fine. There were no playing games, you know, especially with this season being so bad in terms of injuries. So not only are there 72 games in this, you know, regular season, but there are – two playing games depending on if you you know win or lose or whatever the case may be there are two playing games for this season and then you go into the playoffs so you're telling me that I can be the 10th seed potentially make my way up to the 8th seed and then play in the playoffs I don't think that's right that's me um especially the seventh seed being up for grabs. Like, I, I could maybe understand it a little more if the eighth seed was up for grabs as well, or not if, if just the eighth seed was up for grabs. But the seventh seed, I mean, I feel like that's why, – why the seventh seed as well? You know, the eighth seed, if you're, if you're an eighth seed team, you're going to be fighting for your spot anyway. So I, I do understand that having those that, that spot up for grabs. But the seventh seed, I mean – I don't know. Me personally, I don't I don't like the playing games for this season. Um, but it's interesting that LeBron would say uh, that the playing games are, uh, you know, they shouldn't be in effect for this season. Uh, it's it's interesting that he says that he says that as his team, you know, fell to the the seventh seed. If you guys are not aware, uh, the moment the Lakers fell to the seventh seed, um, that's when LeBron said those comments. So. At this point, I do believe that they are the fifth seed, but the fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth seeds are so close in the West, uh, they might as well be in the eighth seed as well. Um, as far as more NBA news, hold on, give me one second. As far as as far as more NBA news, um, Nikola Jokic has all but wrapped up the MVP for me up until uh, up up until this point. Um, he's been playing absolutely phenomenal. I believe the stat was they were nine and one since the Jamal Murray injury, um, based mainly on the back of uh, Nikola Jokic. Uh, Jokic will be the first big man to win MVP since Shaq in I believe 2000. So um, definitely think that Jokic is, is is going to win the MVP and definitely. 100% deserve. When you look at a player like Jokic, no big man in the league is averaging just as many assists as Chris Paul besides Nikola Jokic. I believe they're both averaging uh, around 8.8, .8, something like that, assists per game. And that just speaks to the, the, the offensive savviness that Jokic has. You know, his offensive bag is very, very deep. Um, and that includes his playmaking bag as well. Um, some people have started to campaign for Chris Paul to be MVP. Um, no, <laughs> I definitely don't think that. Okay, I don't want to understate anything that Chris Paul has done because we've seen every team that Chris Paul goes to, they do better. They do immediately better. This has been true for the Hornets. This was true for the Rockets. This was true for the Thunder. And this is, again, true for the Suns who have, by the way, clinched uh, the first playoff berth since, I believe, 2013. Suns, I'm looking it up right now. 
When was the last Suns playoff berth? Let me see. I'm sorry. No, this is their first uh, playoff berth since 2010. So we see the type of player that Chris Paul is, and we see that this Suns team, the, the sky is absolutely the limit for them as of for right now. I do believe that they have a legitimate shot at the title, uh, especially with the Lakers you know, being as banged up as they are and the rest of the West seemingly playing catch-up to the Suns and the Jazz up until this point. Um, but I don't believe that Chris Paul is the MVP. Um, again, I think that it obviously it, it has to go to Jokic at this point, especially with maintaining this uh, Nuggets record and actually them improving with Jamal Murray out. You know, I me personally, as soon as Jamal Murray, you know, got hurt, I thought that this team was done for. I thought that they were going to fall in the standings, maybe end up in a sixth, seventh seed, uh, have to play in one of those playing games and uh, fight for their spot in the playoffs. They've been absolutely flourishing with Jokic, uh, you know, taking taking the offensive load from Jamal Murray as he's been injured. So, um, me personally, I don't think that anyone else has a more a convincing enough campaign to win MVP besides Nikola Jokic. Uh, the one person that you can maybe argue with is Stephen Curry, as he's been. Absolutely phenomenal this season. Critic, critics of Steph Curry have been completely shut out because he's. We've, we've, this is the highest level we've seen him play at since his MVP season. Uh, some people were saying that he couldn't, you know, with that without superstars around him, that he was just uh, an average point guard. Um, absolutely false. Steph Curry has been an offensive nuclear weapon this season as he has been for uh, numerous seasons at this point. But, you know, even even with all of those heroics that um, Curry has been, you know, shouldering, um, I'm still giving the MVP to Jokic at this point. Now, with that being said, this has been, again, more than likely – the final episode of season one of the four verticals podcast again i would like to thank you all for listening if you have uh, means a lot to me that you guys will take the time to listen to this um stay tuned because if things do change in the future then i will be updating this podcast weekly again uh, but if not um, you guys are just gonna have to wait until next semester starts for me which is sometime in August. Um, again, again, thank you guys so much for being a part of this with me uh, up until this point. Unfortunately, all good things must come to an end for a short period of time at least. Um, so with that, I've been Maurice Phipps. Thank you for listening.